All right. Welcome to Cultural Standpoints Podcast. I'm Andrew Allen. And I'm M. Dog McCool, also known as Meredith Mac Daddy, also known as Meredith McCool. What M. Dog and I wanted to do is talk to you about something that you're probably not tired of hearing about at all, something that you want a fresh perspective on, President Donald Trump. To do that, we're going to start off with a sweeping generalization in the style of Trump. Saturday Night Live hasn't been funny for the last three years. This is, of course, hyperbole, but more so than any time in recent memory, it feels like we know exactly what to expect. In particular, when the clock hits 11.30 p.m. on Saturday night, we're going to see Alec Baldwin trotting out his tired impression of Donald Trump. In fact, since he debuted the character on October 1st, 2016, Baldwin's Trump has appeared in 35 of a possible 57 episodes. Every day I turn on the news and all of the newscasters are making me look so bad. And how are we doing that? By taking all of the things I say and all of the things I do and putting them on TV. <laughs> SNL aren't alone. Late night hosts have had a field day with Trump over the past two and a half years, impersonating his vocal tics and hand gestures to give the latest update on the wacky thing he said today. But much more often than not, the content of the joke doesn't come close to matching the reality of the situation. When Trump is the one writing the jokes, is it even worth it to comment? Isn't the situation of this megalomaniacal personality leading the free world already absurd enough without our witty insight on his last tweet? That led us to ask, how does a comedian respond when the truth is stranger than fiction? You know, as I sit here, I think they may need to play it more for, play it more for um, insidiousness and less for absurdity. Because a lot of what um, Baldwin does in, in that impression is real Trump stuff. Howard Jordan Jr. is a former creative director at RGA, Troika, and Translation, and now works as a story editor on the upcoming Netflix original series, Family Reunion. That's the thing, like, the characters around him, you know, I mean, that's what Sarah Huckabee Sanders does. That's what Mike Pence is. So I think they may need to actually do a little more spin on how they play those sketches. You know, let's not forget, you know, um, before he was elected, Donald Trump hosted Saturday Night Live. You know, he, he was he was dancing like Drake in the Hotline, I think it was the Hotline Bling video. He was dancing, you know, so obviously, you know, you have to do fair time with political issues, and Hillary um, hosted as well. But I think um, it made him more of a lovable character and gave him more impressions and he was a pretty good host of a comedy show. We spoke with Howard about the role of mainstream comedy in a time of political upheaval. I don't think it's their responsibility. Those are late-night TV hosts. They go through newspapers, they look for headlines, they talk about the Kardashians, they interview Idris Elba, they interview Kira Knightley, let's talk about your movie, and here's Taylor Swift with, with, Swift with a song. That's not their job. If they choose to do it, and they do it well, and they take a stance, more power to them. But it is not their job. I, I'm a firm believer that people need to go out and seek information from multiple sources if they really want to. And as we know, people don't want to. They just want to be told what they already believe to just further settle themselves into their position, whatever it might be. In a fight to keep their audiences without alienating their current base, Late-night hosts find themselves dipping into uncharted territory, and in most cases, coming up short. I do think comedy 
has chosen a side, and I think that side is the left. But I hope that they um, become a little more savvy, a little more crafty, and um, quite honestly, a little more political, you know, and um, lean into the evil, the destruction, the divisiveness that Trump truly does represent to a person like me. So Howard brings up a good point here. It feels like in today's culture, everyone is expected to be more explicitly political when that wasn't necessarily the case for previous administrations. And mainstream comedy in particular hasn't really found the right way to do that or handle that yet. It feels like it's kind of our job to remain politically aware. And even if you want to stick your head in the sand, you're not able to because everybody is always talking about politics and Trump, especially all the time. So it seems like mainstream comedy is struggling a little bit because they're handling this administration the same way they've handled previous administrations when we're starting off from this weird point of absurdism with Donald Trump being the president. Sources that have been a little bit more successful are satire sites like The Onion, who aren't necessarily taking his administration for granted. We spoke with Matt Daniel, the editor-in-chief of The Piedmont, a Virginia-based satirical news network about the role of satire and how the Trump administration is affecting it. When it comes to satire that they sometimes get wrong about it is that they assume that satire is comedy. And satire is not always comedy. Satire is a commentary on, as I I like to say, it's a commentary on reality. You know, from a national standpoint, it's definitely a character that, you know, people have had to adapt to. And, uh, And I think The Onion has, you know, done a fantastic job of adapting to it. And they... And I mean, he's obviously a very unpredictable person. So, like, they've had to adapt him the best that they can. Um, but there's obviously no telling what he's going to say or do next. And I think one thing that they're getting out of this is that they're getting a chance to critique and satire, you know, other figures related to him. Whereas, you know, with Obama, you got, you know, Biden, of course, that they made a character out of. And, and Hillary Clinton, you know, obviously has, you know, gotten more in the spotlight since her being, you know, Secretary of State. But um, but with Trump, I mean, you've just got so many other characters that are involved in this craziness. And The Onion has had to try to plot all of this together. And I think that's one thing that writers, you know, with The Onion and any other, you know, uh, satirical publications that are covering this have had to do is they, they just, it, it's tough. I mean, he's a character. And when he leaves, they'll obviously have to start focusing on who's next. You have to cover stuff, and especially if you're in a more form of entertainment like we are in The Onion is, you've got to be able to cover stuff as soon as it happens. And, I mean, with just the Trump era, that is, you know, all right, he did this, let's get to work. Let's take a break to hear a word from our sponsor. Hey, it's Guy Raz. Have you ever wondered about that thing between your shoes and the floor? That old Persian, Grandma's Shag, or maybe the hand-knotted runner in the hall? NPR's newest podcast, Rugs, 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 takes you on a magic carpet ride through the etymology, bibliography, and sexual history of all things rugs. Tune in every Tuesday morning from 2.45 to 2.50 a.m. for a look at the rugs that make the world go round. That's Rugs, Rugs, Rugs. No S's and three Z's. So we've talked a little bit about how the normal sources are changing the way that they're approaching uh, the Trump presidency, but are there any new emerging trends or different types of media that are coming out? Yeah, I think there are. I mean, we talked a little bit about feeling like you couldn't get away from politics, feeling like politics were a part of daily life. And, 
you know, I think the nice core trend, uh, which is, you know, soothing content that people watch like Marie Kondo or Queer Eye, um, I think the nice core trend in content is a reaction to this overtly political world we're living in and kind of a way to stick your head in the sand a little bit and relax. That's really interesting. We spoke with VCU psychology professor Richard Bargdill about possible reasons people might seek to satirize people in power and the response of nice core content and how that is has been a reaction to the Trump presidency. The people um, are looking for is just a, a way to reestablish the idea that there's that humanity is basically good, and you're seeing, you know, I, I would imagine that the explosion of this, you know, these movies and these sort of distractive, happy things are an example of people just trying to find, you know, some reassurance to themselves that, that the, the world hasn't gone mad uh, completely. It's just that it, what I think humanity is feeling, what Americans are feeling, what they're, what they're responding to is that, you know, it's kind of, you know, I think even nice scores kind of like I want my, uh, I want my mommy moment. It's like I want a doll. I want give me a pacifier, something sweet to eat, and just let me curl up in the fetal position and act like this is a bad dream. All right, so we've heard about these responses to Trump from more established sources and the arrival of new kinds of media in response to him. But what does it all mean? Well, for me, all these factors beg the question, isn't this what Trump wants? It seems the part that he's always enjoyed the most about being president is being at the center of attention. There are reports from inside his camp that even he was unhappy when he was actually elected to the position. Considering how engaged he always seems to be with the media portrayal of him, with his tweets responding to Saturday Night Live and CNN, I think he would actually be flattered to know what an effect he was having. He might be flattered, but I definitely don't think he's sitting out planning everything uh, from the White House. I mean, I think that's giving him a little bit too much credit. Really, what it feels like is that he's reacting to the media and the media is reacting to him. He's reacting to what people say about him, and people are just reacting to that reaction. So it's this symbiotic relationship of, you know, crap. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing that feels like it has changed is the way we deal with presidents. It feels like it's sped up so quickly. It used to be that, yeah, you waited for Saturday night to see, you know, what everybody thought about the latest gaffe of a president or, you know, the big changes in the world. But now, um, you know, places like The Onion have, have sped that up and satire is quicker. It's a little bit edgier. Um, whereas with Saturday Night Live, you just feel like you know what's going to happen. Well, we've got at least another year and a half of him in office. It'll be interesting to see if his or our response uh, change at all over that period of time. Me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that does it for our episode of Cultural Standpoints podcast. Be sure to listen to the episodes by our beautiful and talented classmates. Uh, I'm Andrew Allen. I'm Meredith McCool. Be sure to catch our affiliate podcast, Rugs, 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 coming out now. Later, skaters. <laughs> hey. Hey. hey.